This is the Sanctuary LA podcast. We are a real church for real people in the heart of downtown Los Angeles. Here's what I want to do this morning. I want you to grab your Bible and turn to Matthew chapter 25. Um, I'm going to share. They put my title up on the screen already. They was a little early because I want it to be like a big thing. Like, yeah, like bam, like in your face. But that's all right. That's all right. Um, here's what we're going to look at. We're going to look at Matthew chapter 25. We're going to look at verse 14. And here's the little setup. Next week, we're going to start a series called Multiply, What to Do with What God Has Given You. This week, I want us to understand that God has actually given us something to do. So before we jump into what do I need to do with this, I have to first understand that there is something for me to do. And it's almost this message and this struggle that we have between uh, allowing passion to lead over purpose allowing ourselves to have passion isolated from purpose. And so the point of this morning is to really talk about, man, I, I, regardless of anything else that I love to do, regardless of anything else that I am skilled at, if it does not add up to my purpose, then I've got to let it go. And so this morning, I want to preach from that subject. Uh, we're going to look at Matthew chapter 25, verse 14. If you don't have a Bible, don't worry. It'll be on the screen for you. Um, but I'm actually going to read it from the message translation because it's just so good in the message translation. And uh, for those of you who are new with us today or you, this is your first time back in a long time, I don't sound like this all the time. So don't be out there making fun of me. It's just because I've been sick. And for y'all listening to the podcast, same thing. I don't sound like this all the time. Uh, but we're going to muscle through this morning. So Matthew chapter 25, verse 14. It says, it's also like a man going off on an extended trip. He called his servants together and delegated responsibilities. Everybody say responsibility. To one, he gave $5,000. To another, 2000 To a third, 1000 thousand depending on their abilities if you're reading an NIV or any other translations it probably says to one he gave five talents to the other he gave two thousand then he left right off the first servant went to work and doubled his master's investment I like that kind of guy the second did the same but the man with the single thousand dug a hole and carefully buried his master's money what are you doing after a long absence, the master of those three servants came back and settled up with them. The one given $5,000 showed him how he had doubled his investment. His master commended him. Good work. You did your job well. Don't you want your boss to say that to you? Good work. You did your job well. Uh, from now on, be my partner. Verse 22, the servant with the 2,000 showed how he also had doubled his master's investment. His master commended him, good work. You did your job well. From now on, be my partner. And then I imagine the third one walked up all proud and ready to go. Woo, look at what I did. The servant given 1,000 said, Master, I know you have high standards and hate careless ways that you demand the best and make no allowances for error. I was afraid I might disappoint you, so I found a good hiding place. You see the difference? You did a good job versus I just found a good hiding place. It continues on to say, I was afraid I was disappointed, so I found a good hiding place and secured your money. Here it is, safe and sound, down to the last cent. Verse 26, the master was furious. That is a terrible way to live. 
It's criminal to live cautiously like that. If you knew I was after the best, why did you do less than the least? The least you could have done would have been to invest the sum with the bankers, where at least I would have gotten a little interest. Take the thousand and give it to the one who risked the most and get rid of this play it safe who won't go out on a limb. Throw him out into utter darkness. Let's pray this morning. Lord, I thank you for what you're doing in this atmosphere. I thank you for how you're changing us and you're blessing us with your word. I thank you that we even get to read this thing called the Bible, these holy scriptures, God, that where other countries are banned from even putting eyes on it. Lord, I thank you that we get to study it. We get to digest it. We get to eat it. We get to, we get to apply it to our everyday lives. So Lord, I pray that in this atmosphere, these people who would hear your word, God, they would not just hear it, but they would become doers of your word, God. And they would walk out of here changed and marked. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody said amen. Before you take your seat, look at your neighbor and say, uh, it's time to clean out your junk drawers and hall closets. This is the title of my message, Junk Drawers and Hall Closets. I, let me tell you something. I got a couple of questions I want to ask you before we get all the way in, but we are going to go all the way in this morning about why you've been hiding your purpose and why you've been allowing your purpose to slip through your hands just because you want to pursue passion. Here's the first question I want to ask you. Um, have you ever intentionally hid anything from your parents? Yeah, don't, don't be out there lying. Anybody, show of hands, you've, you've intentionally hid something from your parents. If your parents are in here, just go ahead and, and throw your hand up. Still, still throw it up. Don't be in church life. I'll give you an example. One of the things that I remember vividly that I hid from my parents when I was about 15 or 16 years old, I wanted earrings so bad, and they wouldn't let me pierce my ears because I was a PK, and they were concerned about the way it would look. That's just how it was back then. And they would not let me do it. So I decided instead of getting my ears pierced, I'm just going to get magnets. Anybody experienced magnets before? So I got these magnets, and they were huge magnets, probably from the pro club store when pro clubs, 2X shirts was in for small guys like me. But I went and I got magnet earrings, and I put them magnet earrings on, and them suckers tore my ears up. There would be days when I would come home and I would take them off and I couldn't like get it off. I would have to slide it off and I would have scabs after the week and I would be in so much pain just because I wanted earrings so bad. So finally I decided this is it. I'm not about to sit here and get magnets anymore. I'm about to go pierce my ears. So one day with my little money that I got from my little job, don't shop at Creighton Barrow and Torrance because they fired me. You know my struggle. But I was working at Crate and Barrel at the time. And so I went and I got my ears pierced. And I came home that night and I put like a shirt over my head. And I was sitting down and I could see my dad looking at me strangely. But in my mind, he didn't know what was going on. He didn't know I had just gotten my ears pierced. And then one weekend, I don't know, he was probably just like, boy, take that shirt off of your head. And lo and behold, my ears were pierced. I didn't get as much in, in as much trouble as I thought I would have, but he did say something to me that I remember to this day, and my God, he was right. He was like, look, this is just a phase. You won't even care about those. And now to this day, I'm like, shoot, he was right. I don't even want to put earrings in my, and now I just put earrings in my ear as a trick for my kids, and now they look at it as it's, it's kind of weird for me now. But I remember hiding that from my parents, so if you ever hit anything, you know my struggle. 
The second question I want to ask you is, have you ever hidden something from yourself? Have you ever hidden something from yourself? And y'all looking at me weird, but some of y'all wear glasses and sunglasses, and you didn't put those sunglasses on top of your head, and then you've been looking all over the place for them sunglasses, not realizing they're on top of your head. But we've, hide, we've hidden things from ourselves. I did this the other day in the car. I had given Kennedy my phone because she was talking about how wonderful she was going to be in her aunt's uh, wedding because she was going to be the flower girl again. So I gave her my phone and I said, yep, I have a picture of when you were a flower girl before. And she's looking at these pictures and I'm in the front seat and I am like furious. I'm looking all over the place. I'm looking down the cracks of the seat. I'm looking on the floor and I'm getting mad. And finally, I just yelled out. And it was just me and her in the car. Finally, I just yelled out, where the heck is my phone? And she's in the back. It's right here. I have it. I had literally hidden it from myself. And we do this often. And the third thing I want to ask is, have you guys ever heard the expression uh, to throw the baby out with the bathwater? Anybody know what that means? Or are you just like, hmm? All right, I'm, I'm going to give you a definition of that phrase. Uh, throw the baby out with the bathwater is an in, uh, idiomatic expression for an, an avoidable error in which something good is eliminated when trying to get rid of something bad. Or in other words, rejecting the favorable along with the unfavorable. Anybody ever done that? You just, just throw it all out. Just forget it. Just let, but wait a minute. There's some good in there. I don't even care. Just throw it out. I'm trying to get rid of all of this. Just throw it out. We live in Fontana, and if anyone lives in the Inland Empire where it's a lot warmer, in the summer, um, whether you like it or not, you're going to get some new roommates, and those roommates are ants. Whether you like it or not, you don't have no choice. And every single year, it never fails. We always leave something in the cabinet until we get to the point where we have to Ziploc everything. But there's been a couple years when we've just thrown everything out. Just forget it. I don't care if it's not open, just throw it out. All these ants in here. But we have these moments where we take the good and we take the bad and we throw it all out. And this is an, uh, this is an avoidable error. But yet we still fall into that trap. And this is what I think we do. In all three of these instances, this is what I think we do when it comes to purpose. Number one, we hide that purpose. We hide it. God has given us something to do, and we don't understand what to do with it yet, so we hide it, and we conceal it, and we try to keep it away from God as if he does not know all. Come on, you know what I'm talking about. You got the best voice in here, but yet you won't join the praise and worship team. Come on, you saw the screens going crazy last week. You, you the most techie person in here, and you won't ask how you can help. Because you're not, I don't know yet. I don't know what God, I don't know if I want to do that just yet. But God has given you something to do when you're hiding it. You're literally sitting on it as if God can't see that he gave that to you when he created you. And we're hiding it and we're concealing it. Or we hide it from ourselves. We've put it away in the back so far in the hall closet that we've just forgotten about it. Until someone says, wow, I, 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 need, I need someone who can do this. And then you remember, oh, well, I, yeah, I, I, I can do that. I can do that. I know some people who are incredible when it comes to audio, who are incredible when it comes to, to music. And, and all of a sudden, when you come to ask them if they can do something, it's like they just remember, oh, yeah, I know how to play the guitar. It's like, what do you mean, oh, yeah, you know how to play the guitar? If I knew how to play the guitar, my God, I would be serenading everybody in this room, whether you liked it or not, because I know how to play it, and I'm using it to the best of my potential. 
but we hide this thing from ourselves. And then what we do is we throw our purpose out because it doesn't come in the package that we wanted it or expected to come in, or we're no longer passionate about the package it came in, so we just throw it all out together. But can I give you a little side note this morning that just because you don't like the package of your purpose does not mean you get to throw it out. Just because you don't like that God has given you a certain thing to do and he wants you to use it in a certain context that is not favorable to you doesn't mean you get to throw it out. And another side note is that oftentimes we ask God to do things and because it doesn't come in the package we want, we forget about it or we somehow try to divert the attention and move on to something else. So what we do is we ask God, God, I need you to provide a chair. And God says, I'm not in the chair making business, but I created you and you know how to be creative. I supply, you create it. But because there's work to do when it comes to our purpose, we don't like it. Because there's some extra steps we have to take, we don't like it. What we want to do is we want to be able to do what God has called us to do without working for it. I don't want to have to go through a volunteer process to get on the worship team. I'm good. You mean to tell me that I have to go to growth track just to serve? I'm good. But a minute ago you were excited about your purpose and what God had called you to do. But now that there's some extra work to it, you don't want to do it. It's a matter of allowing our passion to be isolated from our purpose when God never intended for it to be that way. God never intended for the thing that you're passionate about to not lead you to your purpose. God expected that the thing that you would be passionate about, the thing that you are most, uh, the thing you are most excited about, the thing that gets you going the most, that is the thing that should lead you to your purpose. We get in the space where we don't like the work and the extra effort and so we just kind of sit and we sit back and relax and we just kind of no longer passionate about it anymore. What happens in our lives when we, when we are no longer passionate about things? Think about it. When you are no longer passionate about something or when you don't know what to do with something, where do you put it? We're talking realistically right now. You put it in the junk drawer. You get home and you intend to use something. And oh, I'm gonna come back for this. I'm gonna use this thread and needle one day, I'm gonna sew somebody up. And you throw it in the junk drawer. And by the time you go back to get it, all the thread is unraveled and all the needles are all over the place, stabbing your hand when you put your hand in there. But it wasn't important in the moment, so you put it away. Or it's that hall closet. My parents have a hall closet now. They got so much junk in there that I know for a fact at one point my mother said, I'm going to use that again. And now they can't even see the back of the closet. You don't know what's going to come out of there if you get in there. It's so deep in there, man, it would take us days to clean that thing out. But what happens to things that we are no longer passionate about or things that are no longer important to us in the moment? At one point, your purpose was, the, it was important to you. And God, I just want to find my purpose. And God, I just want to do this. And then all of a sudden, when there's more work to it, you want to put it in the junk drawer. And you want to conceal it away. And you don't want anyone to see it. Just, I just, I'll come back for that. I'll come back to that one. I know I'm called to do this and I know I'm really good at it, but there's just, yeah, there's just too many obstacles. Or, hey, I'm more passionate about this right now. 
And so you put it away and you conceal it. But this morning, it's time for us to clean out the junk drawer. It's time for us to get all that stuff out of there because junk drawers initially were intended for stuff that you would come back for. And then they turn into things where you've now concealed everything you thought you would come back for. And now you've put all this other junk in there. So spiritually, what is in your junk drawer that's covering up your purpose? You know, that purpose, that thing that you said you'll come back to, that thing that you told God, can we put this on hold right now? I'm just not ready for this just yet. What's covering up that purpose? Is it alcoholism? Is it addiction? Is it the thing that you're most passionate about right now? What's covering up that purpose? This morning, we've got to un uncover all of that, get it all out, clean it all out so that we can put it where it belongs. Our purpose doesn't belong inside of a closet. Our purpose doesn't belong where nobody can see it. Our purpose belongs front and center where God can get glory through it. I'm in a class right now about spiritual formation. And the first book we started re reading was a book about how we as Christians today have forgotten how powerful and how wonderful God is. And we've gotten to the point where we've said, God can wait while I take care of what I want to take care of. And simultaneously, we've forgotten how powerful God is. The same God that created the heavens and the earth. The same God that fire shot down because of. the same God that we look at who did all those miracles is the same God today. But we have decided that it's okay to make him wait because we want to pursue what we're passionate about rather than our purpose. Before we can even identify what to do with what God has given us, we've got to understand that Every single one of us has been given a purpose. Every single one of us have been called to work something. Every single one of us have been called to do something. And in our text, we see three men, two of them who know exactly what to do. I've been given this. I've been given this talent. I've been given this gift. And without being told what to do, I know exactly where to go. I'm going to invest in this thing. And I'm going to make this thing work. That is ideal. That is the, the picture. That is the, that is the standard. That God gives you something and you run off and you do exactly what he's called you to do. And by the end of your life, you have multiplied your gift. That is God's expectation. But reality is the third man who says, I'm not sure about this just yet. Let me bury it right here. I'm not sure about this just yet. Let me hide it. And sometimes we can sit back and we can think, no, I'm, I'm doing everything that God has called me. Are you really? How often do you serve? Better yet, how often do you serve outside of the church with your purpose? So then ask yourself the question, am I really doing what God has called me to do with my purpose? Can you preach only when you're in the platform or when you're in a, a community of people who believe in the same thing you believe in? Or can you preach to the person that says, I don't care anything about your God? Can you still worship even when you're just sitting on the street corner and you have nothing to sing about, but all of a sudden God puts a song in your heart? Can you still worship in that place? Can you still serve and greet somebody who looks nothing like you, talks nothing like you, and looks at you funny? Can you still greet that person with a smile? There's more for us to do with our purpose. There's more for us to, to, to get out of it. And God has called us to use it. And God has called us to multiply. And oftentimes we look like the third man who sits there and says, I just cautiously buried it because I wasn't sure just yet about it.
And so there's something more for us to do. We can't be this third man. This is often reality, but God is calling us to do something more. God is calling us to get out of that space where we identify with just this person. The problem I've discovered when it comes to us as Christians is that we know more about what to do with things we're passionate about than we do with our purpose. Oh yeah, I know, I know you're passionate. I know you're passionate about fashion, but how does that lead to your purpose? Oh, I, I know you're passionate about food and you like to post it all day on Instagram, but what does that have to do with your purpose? We have so much invested in what we're passionate about and very little invested in our purpose. And God is telling us to get out of that space. How can you invest in your purpose? I have a friend who's, who's a world, he is renowned. He is one of the biggest producers that you've, you could, if you heard his name, that you would know exactly who it is. At least Jacob would for sure. But if you listen to any kind of music, if you listen to, to anything, he's, he is one of the most famous producers out. And he's produced for everybody from Beyonce and Jay-Z to all these other people. And the one thing he would tell me constantly when he would make music and nobody knew who he was, he would tell me, invest in it. Invest. If you feel like this is what you've been called to do, invest in it. If you feel like this is what you're good at, invest in it. And so God is calling us to invest in our purpose. It's not just about what you're passionate about, but it's about what you are purposed for. And see, here's the thing about it. Passion is often the thing that we know or feel. Purpose is often the thing that we have to discover, and it requires faith. So we oftentimes just kind of let that one, eh, I'll come back to that one. But because we know and we can feel, and passion is oftentimes tangible, it's kind of like, eh, eh, I'll do this first, and then I'll come back to serving in the church. I've been here before. I've been here when I was that guy where Easter, and, where Easter and Christmas were my go-tos for church. That was it. Hard to believe now, but Easter and Christmas, that was all I was committed to because I wanted to do other things. I didn't want to serve in church. I definitely didn't want to preach. Not in a million years did I want to preach. I would always say, look, I'll just put me in the back somewhere. I don't mind being in the back because I was so worried about what I was passionate about, and it was not going to church. That was literally my passion. I am not going to church. Once I turn a certain age, I used to say this to myself over and over, once I turn a certain age, I'm not going to church anymore. That was what I was passionate about, and God had other plans that was more purpose to do. It was something that God wanted me to do, but because it was not a tangible thing in the moment. And because it required me to uncover it and work and discover, I kind of just left it as is. And so before we can get to what God wants us to do with what he's, what he's given us, here's what we have to look at this, this morning. And that is, man, God has given me something to do, and I now have to get away from this idea that I'm going to pursue my passion over my purpose. And then you're probably sitting there thinking, but... But what, what if they go hand in hand? That, that is the idea. That is God's expectation. But nine times out of 10, what you are passionate about right now has nothing to do with your purpose. But here's my first point that I'll give you this morning. Passion should align 
with purpose. And if it doesn't right now, that's okay because it will. I guarantee it. It will. And you won't have to do any work. You'll look up one day and all of a sudden you're operating in purpose and that is the thing you are most passionate about. I promise you, I've been there. I used to be so passionate about teaching and training. When I started at Crate and Barrel and they would have me train these new hires and do all this stuff, I was so passionate about it. It was such a great thing. I loved it. And then when I started walking in purpose, I realized no wonder I was so excited about that because now I get to teach and I get to share the word of God. Now, if you ask me to train somebody on the job, I'm good. I'm good. I don't want to train you. I don't want to show you nothing. Not because I, I'm, I'm trying to hide it from you. It's because I don't really care anymore in the marketplace to show you. I don't care. I'm not passionate about teaching new hires on Excel. I'm just not about it. I don't want to teach you how to code because I barely know it myself. And I'm not passionate about that anymore. But I guarantee you, if you ask me to preach with the code, with the fever, whatever it is, I'll jump at the chance. I don't care where it is. You don't have to pay me. You don't have to ask me twice. I will be there. You give me the place and the time and I'm there. That's because my passion has now gotten in line with my purpose. Your passion should align with your purpose. If we go back to the text, we look at the man right away, the scripture says, the first servant went to work and doubled his master's investment. That sounds like someone who understood what his purpose was and his passion aligned with that purpose. If it doesn't, it will. Your passion should support your purpose, not the other way around. Have you ever heard an artist say, this is my passion project. This is, this is, this is, what, my, this is what my heart's desire is to do. But that's also fleeting because they will put that off for years and years and years. Because passion is a feeling. It comes and goes, but when it's aligned with purpose, my God, do you see results that are beyond your belief? When you are passionate about the thing that God has purposed you for, there's nothing that's going to stop you from doing that. There's nothing that's going to keep you from what God has called you to do. I, I, one of the things that I am outwardly passionate about is worship. Oh my gosh, I love it. I love it. Not just on the platform, but when I'm away from the platform, I love it. And my wife will, will clown me because she'll say something to me and I will turn it into a song. Either I'll make up a song or I'll think of a song. And we'll be in an argument and I'll text her before I respond with my response to the argument. And I'll say, I just thought of two songs right now. And then I get back to the argument because I'm passionate about worship. I love it. But at the end of the day, it's not my purpose. God didn't call me to be a worship leader. God didn't call me to sing all the rest of my life as I serve him. That's not, that's not what God has called me to do. I know what God has called me to do. But oh, Pastor Nick, but, but shouldn't you worship God? Shouldn't you be passionate about worshiping God? Yes, but I can worship God other ways than singing. When I get up here and I preach the word of God, when I get in here and I study the word of God, when I share the word of God, that is where I am truly passionate. That is where my gears get turning. That is where you can't shut me up. I guarantee you, find me after church and, have, and give me a question about the Bible and I will, I will talk circles around you. And it may not all make sense in the moment, but I'm so passionate about it. And I know it's what God has called me to do. Your passion should align 
with your purpose. I may be passionate about something, but at some point, I have to ask myself the question, what does this have to do with my purpose? What does this have to do with my purpose? Where is this taking me? I get, I get it. I love this thing, but where is it taking me? What is God? What does God want to use out of this? Passion should align with your purpose. Here's the next thing that I'll say is that it's interesting that the Bible looks at Jesus and it, and it tells us his occupation as a carpenter. And it shows us that, and it, and it doesn't tell us much about it, but it gives us a key instance in, in some of the scriptures where in Mark chapter 6, I believe, verse 3, it talks about, look, isn't this the carpenter? Isn't, isn't this that guy? So they knew Jesus was a carpenter. They knew it. They knew that was occupation. Oftentimes, occupation is the passion. And man, Jesus has a carpenter, but his purpose was to be on that tree. And you look, God, you look at that and you look at, man, the wood and, and where did it come from and, and how do you get it? It comes and it starts with the tree. It was his purpose to be on that tree, not to be a carpenter. He was passionate about it. His passion aligned and he ended up on the cross. That was his purpose. Imagine if he said, I, I'd rather just keep building cabinets here instead of dying for the sins of the world got to the point where he said, look, this is my purpose. Carpentry is great, but man, my purpose is to be on that cross. When you start operating in purpose, then you discover what passion truly is. The next point is this, put your passion in its place. My God, put it in its place. Because oftentimes passion leads us to these places that God, God didn't intend for you to get there. You take your passion over your purpose, and now you're living a life that God didn't call you to live. Put your passion in its place. Because we don't want to do with, we don't know what to do with what God has given us. We cover it up and we store it away. And, we, and it's this purpose that God has called us for is, I, I rather pursue passion over purpose. And God is saying, put your passion in this place. I understand you love this thing, but there's more for you to do. We store up things we're passionate about but have nothing to do with our purpose. We get involved in things that we're passionate about but we never consider what it has to do with our purpose. And God is saying, I need you to get to a place where what you are passionate about revolves around this purpose. We put things in junk drawers that we intend to come back for, like coupons and stuff like that, right? Any, anybody with the junk drawer, you've got coupons that have probably expired two years ago. If you don't want to be honest, I'll be honest. We definitely do. You intend to come back for it, and you leave it there, and it expires, and then you got to throw it out. Stop putting your purpose in the junk drawer and expecting it to expire and then allowing it to be thrown out. God is calling you to pursue your purpose over that passion, over that thing you're passionate about. Quit treating your purpose like a coupon that you don't intend to use and take it out of the drawer and put it where it needs to be put so that God can do what he wants to do with it. But most of us are keen and we're you can't tell me anything. I'm passionate about this, so I'm going to do it. We never stop to think, like, man, just, is this what God really wants me to do? Is this what God is really calling me to do? I'm, I'm, passionate about, I'm passionate about sports, but at some point I had to get 
to the point where I was like, mm, this is probably not going to work out. I'm probably just a little, just a little too short for basketball. It's probably, it's probably not. We're probably not going to get there. I, I'm probably a little too fragile to play football. I mean, I like lotion on my hands. I don't know if I'm going to be able to play football. I, we, I, mm, it's probably not going to work. I was passionate about it. Sports, you couldn't tell me nothing. I would rather stay home and watch football than go to church and get a word because I was passionate about it. But I had to get to a point where I said, look, I've got to put my passion in its place. It's got its moments. But at the end of the day, I've got to pursue purpose. So what happens when you don't put your passion in its place? I look at this story of Moses who kills this Egyptian. He was passionate about his people. Moses was passionate about his people. And he saw his people being brutalized. And he saw his people being beaten. And he saw his people being worked. So much so that he got to this point where he literally killed a man. This is before Moses became Moses that y'all like to talk about. But he kills this man because he's passionate about what's being done to him. But he didn't put his passion in the right place. When your passion is out of place, you're a murderer. When your passion is in this place and you're working on purpose, you're a leader. Moses had to struggle with that where he was like, ah, this is, this is eating me up inside to the point where he had to kill this man. And God had to conceal him, hide him away and start getting his passion in its place. Because when passion is allowed to run reckless and purpose is put on the back burner, good things don't happen. But when you lead with purpose, when you allow your passion to be put in its place and it serves purpose, purpose, then things start to happen. Got to put your passion in its place. Here's the next point. If you don't know what to do with your passion and you haven't discovered what your purpose is or what God has called you to do, here's what I'll encourage you to do. Pursue purpose through that passion. If you can't, if you just, God, I don't even know what you've called me to do yet. But I know I love this thing. I know, I know I love, I know I love kids. And I know I love to teach. And I know I love to speak. So then maybe that is an avenue that God wants to use to your purpose. Instead of trying to separate the two, use that as the avenue. Use that as the place that you can get to your purpose. Allow God to use that thing and use you for that. I think of uh, Elijah and Elisha. And how Elisha would, he was passionate about following Elijah. He followed him. He followed him so much so that Elijah is like, yo, what do you want? He's, he, I, he says, look, Elijah tells Elijah, I'm going to Bethel. Stay here. I'm going, I'm going to the Jordan. Stay here. And Elijah's like, nope, I'm going with you. He was passionate about going to that place. Little did Elisha know that by the time that he got to the point where Elisha was fed up and asked him, what is it that you want? Elisha says, I want a double portion. That's what I want. That's what I'm interested in. I'm passionate about this. I want a double portion. And then finally, when Elijah is taken up, the very thing that Elisha asked for, he ends up getting. He got he was pursuing his passion. He was pursuing his purpose through that passion. He was passionate about staying with him. He was passionate about sticking close. He was passionate. And all at once, everything that he was passionate about led him to his purpose. 
get into this place, into this rhythm where you say, look, if I can't figure it out, if God hasn't revealed exactly what my purpose is, then I'm going to use this thing that I'm passionate about to get to where God wants me to get to. Passion is not the end. It is the means to an end. Passion is not the end all be all. Purpose is. Purpose is the place that God wants you to operate in. Purpose is the place that God wants you to spend your most valuable years. Purpose is the place that God wants you to get to so you can start being everything that he's called you to be. It's not just about passion. Follow your passion and you may achieve some goals, but follow your purpose and you'll meet God. You'll achieve some goals when you're passionate. You'll achieve some goals when you go after your passion. By all means, that's the grace of God. For you to isolate passion from purpose, you'll achieve some things. Yeah, absolutely. But those things can only temporarily satisfy. But the moment you start operating in purpose, that'll be the happiest you've ever been in your life. That'll be the most peace you have in every, out of everything you've ever experienced in your life. When you're following purpose, when you are operating your purpose, Everything is clicking on all cylinders. You got to operate within that purpose. I texted my brother this morning and, or last night, and my brother is one of the most talented musicians I've ever met in my life. So much so that you could hum something and he will put a whole beat and song behind it just off of what you just hummed. So much so that he can hear something one time, come back three days later, and he will have made a whole track out of it, just out of that little snippet that he's heard. He is passionate about music, so much so that I remember the day that he dropped out of high school, and literally, it was like a movie, and I'm standing there looking at him, and I'm sitting there looking at my dad, and I'm going back and forth looking at him, and he's like, I'm out of here, I'm going to do, and I'm like, what the heck just happened? because he was so passionate about it. He wasn't gonna let anything stop him. But that passion aside from his purpose almost ruined his life. Doesn't matter how talented you were, nobody wants you if you're not operating on purpose, especially when God has marked you and called you. Now he's a music director in a church in Houston and that's the happiest I've ever seen him in his life. That is the most creative I've ever seen him because he's walked into this place where he's understood that his purpose is more important than just his passion. Whatever it is you are passionate about, it must serve or lead to your purpose. I'll put it this way, when two are dancing, Passion shouldn't lead. It's never about leading with passion. It's always about leading with purpose. God, you've called me to this. God, if you haven't called me, I don't care if I love it or if I'm passionate about it. If you haven't called me to it, I don't want to do it. But God, if this is what you will for my life, if this is what you've called me to do, then here I am and I will, I will allow this thing to lead me and to guide me and to move me in the direction that you have called me to. You gotta pursue purpose through passion. Here's the next point here. Purpose has no expiration date. If you're sitting here thinking like, man, it's been a little while since I've walked in what God has called me to walk in. It's all right. Purpose has no expiration date. God has not given you something that he intends to take away from you. That's not the kind of God that we serve. 
That's not the kind of God that, that died on the cross for you. That is not the God that we serve. He has not given you something that he intends to strip away from you. You may go through a season where it feels like he has covered it up and he has put you in this season where you feel like no one can see you and no one is asking for you and no one is talking to you and no one wants anything to do with you, but it is not God pulling anything away from you. It may be the same thing that God had to do to Moses. He had to get him into the space where he understood that, yes, you are passionate about this, but at the end of the day, it is about purpose. And you may feel like, ah, I, this is a season where I can't do anything right, and I don't feel like doing anything, and I don't feel like, even though I've, I, I can do this and I'm gifted to do this, I don't feel like doing it. You may be in that season, but purpose has no expiration date. You'll never get to the point where God has stripped that thing away from you. And I love in Numbers chapter 23, verse 19 through 20, it says, God is not a man, so he does not lie. He is not a human, so he does not change his mind. Has he ever spoken and failed to act? Has he ever promised and not carried through? That's the God that you serve. Where, yeah, you may have put purpose on the back burner, but God is still calling you to pursue that thing. God is still urging you. God is still encouraging you. God is still asking you to walk towards that thing. God is still looking for you to walk in your purpose. Because purpose has no expiration date. I love it because uh, Jeremiah chapter 29, we, we love Jeremiah chapter 29, right? We love it. We love, I think it's verse 11, we love it. We love it when it talks about, man, I, I know the plans that I have for you, right? I know plans to prosper you. I'll never forget, I was, I was at a conference with Pastor Sean, and I heard this pastor start talking about the scripture, and he shared something about it that I had never seen before, and I wanted to share it this morning to show you that it doesn't matter what type of season you're in, God still has plans, and God still promises to do things with you. God still promises to use you, but that pastor pointed out that in this text, if you read before that, God is telling the people, I know you don't like your circumstances, but build a house here ingratiate yourself in this community be a part of this place even though you don't like it and I will once again restore you I know the plans that I have for you don't worry about this season don't worry even though it looks bleak don't worry even though it seems like nobody wants to hear you sing I have plans for you in the meantime get yourself rooted in this community get yourself in this space where it doesn't matter what anybody else has to say you are committed to where I have put you in this season but I want you to remember that I know what your purpose is. I know what I've called you to do, and there is no expiration date. After a little while, I will restore you, and these are the plans that I have for you, plans to prosper you. So even though you may be in a season where you feel like, man, I've done so much wrong, and I've done so much dirt, and I know God has called me, but I don't think he wants to use me right now. Purpose has no expiration date. He still wants to use you. He still has plans for you. He has still called you. Nobody can change the calling on your life. Even if you've been out of this thing for a little while, even if you stepped in for a moment and you were hot and you were running hot and you were moving and you were running on all cylinders and things started to happen and all of a sudden you don't feel like going to church anymore. God still has a purpose for you. God still has a plan for you. 
You just got to get to the place where you understand, like, man, this may be just the season that I'm in, but I know God has plans for me. I know God wants to use me. And walk in that thing. His purpose has no expiration date. And here's the last point. It's kind of a bonus point, not a whole lot to it. It's just passion is a feeling, purpose is a calling. Passion is a feeling, purpose is a calling. God has called me to this thing. God has called every single one of us to do something. He has called us and put something in our hands. In the same way the master put something in the hands of each of these three men, he gave you something to do and his expectation is that you would do something with it, that you would return it to him better than he gave it to you, that you wouldn't just sit on what God has given you, that you would invest in it, that you would do more with it. In other words, that you would change somebody's life with the purpose that he's given you, not just change your own life, that you would use it for his glory, not just for your own glory and accolades, that you would use it to glorify him, that it's not about anybody else, but it's about him. That is where you're investing it. He's called you to this thing. Passion is just a feeling. It may come and go, and all of a sudden, you thought you were passionate about something, and now you just don't care about it anymore. Purpose is a calling. It is an eternal thing. It is something that God has put on the inside of you, and he has given you a responsibility, and it's your job to multiply. It's your job to do something with it. It's your job to now take that thing that God has put in my hands, take this calling, respond to that calling, and now make it better than when he first gave it to me. This is what it means. So this morning and going out of this place, we got to get to this place where we pull that purpose out. and We allow people to see it and we start using that for what God has called us to use it for instead of hiding it and concealing it behind our comfort and behind our passion and behind what we want to do versus what God has called us to do. And then we can start multiplying. And then we can start doing some things with it. When we remove it out of the drawer, when we remove it out of the hiding place and allow God to use it, then we can start making it work. Then we can start multiplying. We got to uncover that thing. We got to allow God to see it. We got to allow people to see what God has put on the inside of us and stop worrying about whether you're good enough. Stop worrying about whether you're qualified. Stop worrying about whether people are going to appreciate it or not. God put it on the inside of you. He's the only one that matters at the end of the day. Thank you for listening to the Sanctuary LA podcast. Tune in again next week and stay awesome and be blessed.